cliffcentral.com. A combination I feel, you know, was just here for two seconds and then they disappeared. Niles Barkley, man. CeeLo Green and Danger Mouse coming together to make fantastic, fantastic music, man. Pairs always break up. There must be an end to things. There must be an end to a cycle always. I, I think it's, for me, it's heartbreaking because of the amount of fantastic classic music that they made, you know? Um, a lot of people just know that, 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 that one song, Crazy, you know? Uh, I'm a, I'm when, one of a lot of people. Yeah, I remember. I remember when I lost my my. Yeah, but the album Saint Elsewhere is so dope. It's not even funny. It's ridiculous, man. I feel as though you're putting me on right now, so I'll have to go check that out. You uh, should check add out. that to my musical repertoire. Yeah, they only put out two albums: um, Saint Elsewhere and The Odd Couple. Mm. Both of them are just really, really dope. Really dope albums. But nonetheless, welcome to it. It is 20-something with myself, just another cool kid, and my partner in crime, Mr. Neo Van Given. How are you doing, bud? We are global, man. We are global. I feel so cocaine right now. I feel so angelic. I'm in love with the cocaine. Straight up. Somebody yeah, better fall in love with me today. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. Um, I, for, those, for those people that you know, download our podcasts mm. all the time, they, they know that we are just cra- a crazy bunch. Today, just- it's death and... Uh, I suppose life in picture. I I think it's it's a combination. I'm, I'm saying of looking both. at us, the yes. way we're dressed. Yes, yeah. It's a combination of both. Mm. I mean, you you know uh, how people like saying stick to the black and white, mm. don't step into the gray area. We we are there. <laughs> I I think, I think that's the way we are set up today. You know, uh, you know how Kevin Hart always explains mm. his bank account. The, the way our lives are set up, <laughs> and it got, feels damn got, good. Yeah, we yeah. got a life and a death and. We can't really put everything on the life because we need to take from the dead. You know what I mean? And we, can, I suppose we can scratch the gray area. We can. Because it's can. an itch. It's there. So we must scratch the gray area. We must area. scratch it out. We mm. need to remove it. We need to remove it. Anyway, how was your week, man? I've been plumbing this week. You've Jeez, been I've been doing manly things. Hello? You've been laying pipe. I've been ah, laying pipe. It's been all kinds of wet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've been, I've been doing household things, man. Just uh, fixing toilets and putting in taps. And yeah. Getting wet and messy. Uh, not calling for assistance. Doing it myself. It yeah. feels damn good. I mean, You're a handyman. A friend, of, a friend of mine, actually, one of my kin ones was like, I didn't know you were that guy. I was like, oh, well. You have, to, I mean, at some point in your life, you have to become that guy. Like, it's really irritating. It's almost emasculating when you live in a house with women and they're like, so they can come fix this thing. And you're like, oh. What am I doing well, here? Well, you get bypassed. Like, oh, it's like, like they don't even consider you. Yeah. That's, that's a problem. I that loved not being considered for a long time, though. Why? I felt okay with it. No. Let no. the women do it and I'll just be here like, oh, no, yeah. no. Look, look, look. Let me ask you this. Have, mm. have you ever in your life at some point cl- try to close the fridge slowly so you could see where the light went off? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't. I haven't you that. haven't? No. Okay, then you were never a handyman. Like, you can forget that. <laughs> Because that means you never try to figure out how things work. That is a problem. Okay, uh, you are a breaker of things. I, That's I, why you've had so many virgins in your life. <gasps> okay, I had to finish my joke. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> I, I don't mind that one. I'll, I'll have um, that. One. I'll have no, that one. man. I I'm not a, that curious to that to that extent. Yeah, I'm more of a, a creator. Okay, I'd rather put things together than break them down and then try build them up again. Do you know what? I feel like I'm a breaker because I'm a creative. Because like I would like to figure out how things work mm. in the beginning, like how they were put together, 
and then try make them better somehow. Ah, okay. Moving forward, improve, them. improve in a sense. All right, okay. You know what I mean? That's I mean, dope. I yeah. feel like um, with with technology and how far we've come as a human race, mm. there's really nothing new under the sun. Like there isn't. There really isn't. Like if you design some skyscraper, you just put a house on top of a house. Exactly. On top of another house. Exactly. You know, if you trace back uh, a lot of things that happened, I mean, a lot of things that were words and terms and some of the the ways of living that we're using now. Yeah. They were innovated 20, 30, 50 years ago. Yeah. People were already doing it. They were already saying it and it already existed. So, yeah. I mean, not to shoot down people that are in fashion or whatever, mm. but pants will be pants. A dress <laughs> is a dress. Shoes are shoes. <laughs> you know, I feel like the person that invented the heel, like the high heel for mm. women, that was the last innovator when it came to shoes. Yeah. After that. It's just switching up colors and, and not doing much. Patterns yeah. and designs. Yeah. and But I mean, shoes, shoes, pants, pants. T-shirts, t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things. Uh, it's like the vagina. It doesn't change. Never. No. What, but why did you choose? A, I think I the penis no could, could have also been a great example. But yeah. anyway. How fine. was your week? Uh, my week was full of errands. <laughs> That's all I did this week. I was running errands. It was an errand week. The whole week. Steer boy. Wait, see, I feel like my name should have been Tumiwe. Because Newan Roma everywhere. Like that's that's all I did the whole week. Errands. One errand after the other. Um Did you enjoy any of them? No, none. Wow. Here's the thing. Um that my sucks. little sister uh she turned twenty one in August, right? So she decided not to have a twenty first birthday party yeah. like everyone else in the hood. Uh instead she's being uh, 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 officially being brought into the St. Mary's Guild at our church, mm. right? So she decided, okay, look, we're going to have this big thing for my, you know, uh, I don't know how to say that in English, but when I'm dressed. <laughs> when you're being anointed. When, yeah, being anointed, that thing, you know? And so we've been putting together things to make sure that, you know, that runs smoothly yeah. on the day. So it's been a lot of. Did you get this? Did you buy that? Did you, you know? And we had a couple of electrical problems in the house, so we had to fix that. So that was my week, in a nutshell. The man is evolving. He I can go to. handle shit out there and uh, not miss a single one on the list. You have well to. Well done, son. That's you have good. to. You yeah. have to. Growing. Uh, the gray area, the gray matter. Yes. How was is, how is your week, gray matter? <laughs> Londiwe, Londiwe. I love that we've come up with an anthem for her. That's going to be your thing every time you walk in. Well, I'm going to do it. Are you yes, serious? Yes. Londiwe, Londiwe. What do you Really? Okay. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. My week was very gray. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. okay. like it was seriously great. At some point, I really thought I slipped into a, a mini depression. But I'm good. I bounced back. I'm, I'm all good now. I'm happy that you're here, actually. I'm really happy that you're here. Yeah, well. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. We needed a bit of gray area. We d- we did. I mean, me yeah, and Nell. Yeah, that's I, I, There was no way I'm starting my birthday weekend being all depressed and, we and like born. I just had to snap out of it. She's been a great area because she knows that this weekend she's going to be a messy bitch. <laughs> yeah. I am. Yeah. She's going to be such I'm a messy sorry, bitch. sorry, but what, I am. What, what are your plans? What are your plans? I didn't want to plan anything. I just want everything to happen Organically. Yeah. 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 It must just happen. It must just happen. No, it, I was wondering why I didn't get a uh, an invite like, during the week. Whatever like, I'm going to get errands. up to this weekend, it's just going to be G. I, One of those. Okay. Uh, before we move forward, uh, we're going to take a moment to... St- you know, take a step back. Uh, a couple of 
Was it this year? It wasn't. It, this was, year. This it was this year. This year. Unpoetic, yeah. Yeah. A couple of months ago, uh, we were joined by uh, a couple of poets that came through and they blessed us, man, with, with just unbelievable wordsmanship, mm. if I can put Oof. it that way. Yes, son. Drop and um, one of them was uh, a, a guy by the name Kingsley, man. And uh, unfortunately, um, he, <sighs> he took his life and uh, he's gone. So for, for, I don't know, for closure or something, I feel like we should play a couple of clips of when he came through to the show. Uh, he blessed us with so many dope poems. So let's let's do this for a second. I was sitting in a room with a therapist and she asks me, how do you feel? I said, with my hands, you see, because what I do is what I am and I try to do something different if I can, but I sometimes fail. I fail often and my hands feel frigid and then soften and I sometimes find other hands building my coffin. And my hands are crackling from handling the handouts I'm handing in. And I feel like God has been drawn as two hands and a face because all you need as an artist is a vision and a few hands to create. But isn't magic literally about seeing where his hand isn't? And last time I checked, all the best autographs were handwritten. But as a writer, I tend towards tetanus. That's a handheld handicapped. And in these scripts, I try to handpick my handprint. I'm a handyman. If I had a chat with Shakespeare, I would ask him, does having some hands make me handsome? What happens when your handlebars are mishandled? She looked at me, giggled and said, life off course, but I'm asking the questions. Kingsley, how do you feel? And I said, well, I think I feel fine. I remember when my thinking was fine. I was an innocent addict but knew that I would still drink in due time. But my addiction was riding, so instead of doing, I would think a few lines. And I think I feel fine, but I'm not sure what fine is. My girl is described by her fineness. Maybe I contracted it from her and memorized the fine print. But I'm not financially able to finance her fine ass. And that's got me looking a little confined And it's got me looking fine with the sickening smile And it's got me feeling like fine as seven feelings combined And it's got you feeling like fine Sounds like at least seven emojis I didn't describe And she said, that's, that's fine if we're defining what's fine But don't rhyme How do you feel? And I said, well I feel like I speak a language that no one understands and that overwhelms me. I'm overworked and underpaid, overlooked and underrated. But overall, the underlying theme is I feel detached from a world where even gold diggers undermine dreams. And the sickest thing is I feel responsible, not only for my own lack of happiness, but for that of those around me. But it's hard to finance in this economy. And it's even harder to find hands in this economy. And I feel ashamed. Because honestly, giving us more choices just gave us more ways to be unhappy. How do you feel? Hi, my name is Kingsley March. <laughs> Alright, I'm very good, man. I had I had an amazing day. Oh yeah, and, and hi, mom. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Oh man. You know, it's 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 I, once you hear him speak, it 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 changes everything, you know. It's 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 so sad, you know. Like I I I can't imagine the type of, you know, the frame of mind he was in to to you know 
ultimately take his own life. But I mean, he he gave us so much to appreciate. You know, now we just need to hunt down more of his stuff and let the world hear what he had to say. Because that piece was, I mean, it was handsome. You know what I mean, man? Ah, last time I saw him, uh, uh, he he actually looked quite good, as they always do. Yeah, you never know, really. You know. Uh, he looked amazing. He looked in good health. And I was like, yo, bro, I was grabbing him like, yo, man, are you juicing? Are you juicing? He's like, no, bro, I just started out. You know, you should see the guys in the gym. Yeah. yeah those guys are like, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, cool, man, whatever. So uh, my heart is sore, man. My, my, I don't it messes know. with me when you you could literally cease to exist. Right. You could cease to exist and you're no, no, no longer part of this earth. That moves me. It's, 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 ah, it's, it's such a right. painful thing to think about. It's, 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 yeah. it's hard to wrap your mind around it, you know? Um, but, you know, to, 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 to Kingsley, man, uh, rest in peace, my brother, uh, to his family. Uh, you know, we send all our love and our prayers and our condolences. I hope, uh, you know, we we can make it past this. I, I hope we can build moving forward, make sure that his legacy stays alive. And as long as I'm still here, I'm going to rip him all the Shit, way. Shit, straight all up. The way, what? All the way. So dope, man. Iconic. Let's spread the love. More spread life, love. more love, son. Yeah, man. Um, it, I guess it's... it's it, I guess it was befitting to have him open this conversation up for us. You know what I mean? Um, we, we are going to be discussing an issue that a lot of people have, in fact, the world over. It's, it's difficult for one person to make a stance on this, you know, because on the one side, you're, you're considering losing a person that you love, but on the other, you're trying to spare them needless pain, needless suffering, you know? So, uh, we're going to be discussing euthanasia this afternoon and, um, Please join the conversation uh, on Twitter, hashtag 20-something, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll try, you know, uh, read some of your comments as they come through. You can also uh, send us a message on uh, WeChat. Our WeChat ID is Cliff Central, and uh, all you have to do is tap message to show and then send and uh, let, us what, let, let us know what you think. Um, we're joined in the studio by a medical professional, uh, because we don't know the, all the ins and outs about this. Uh, we, we can only speak from our own perspective, but uh, we are joined by Dr. Tabani. How are you, my brother? Hello, hello, hello. You crazy people. <laughs> ah, yes, man. How are you Thank doing? Thank you. Such unradio. Ah, uh, 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 what do you expect? What do you, I mean, it's Cliff Central. We, yeah. can't, we can't be normal. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. make sense. Our, our boss is Gareth Cliff. How can we ever be normal people in this life? <laughs> How are you doing, brother? Oh, I'm all right. All right. How are you doing? Ah, chilled, man. Super chilled. Good. Um, you know, d- during this week, we've been, myself, Neo, and Londi have been, you know, trying to find out as much as we can about, uh, you know, euthanasia and what, what, you know, falls into all of these, you know, making that kind of decision. And uh, while I was uh, checking some of these articles out on on. Uh, on the internet and stuff uh, I, f- I found a weird story from New Zealand Right So Apparently police are, Have been You know Going to people uh, who, who attend Meetings Where euthanasia Is discussed Right uh, There's a group called uh, Exit International Right And uh, they had a meeting And they were basically Discussing these kind of things And there was a policeman Who was in plain clothes And he knew What happened At the, uh, the At the meeting He understood The ins and outs He had a list Of all the people That were At the meeting Just to show How combustible This topic is That we're taking on Right um, Let's Let's start off here As a medical professional 
at what point does the word or the thought of euthanasia come up? Well, uh, just taking from what you just said, it's a crazy world, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. I mean, uh, I think you've color-coded, uh, color-coded it nicely in here, the, the black, the white, and the gray. <laughs> yeah. So touching on that gray area, uh, I mean, if you think of it uh, as doctors, uh, we're so obsessed about giving people quality of life. Uh, giving them dignity uh, in terms of uh, how they feel, in terms of uh, how they, starting from the birth, yeah, how maybe a woman is supposed to give birth, we give uh, them maybe some pain control, make it making it easy for them. I believe uh, it's, it's it's called epidural. Yes. Yeah. Yes. My mom is a nurse. I notice. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> starting from uh, uh, birth. And when you are alive, we try and say, uh, give you this and that. Uh, consult your doctor if you've got flu. Uh, make your life as comfortable as possible. But then when it comes to death, it's just a, 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 a topic that is untouched. Yeah. Everybody's scared of it uh, for many reasons. First of all, it's the end of life. Yeah. Uh, for somebody that maybe has been uh, living their life to the fullest and all that, having a family and all that for them. It's very difficult uh, to let go, but this is just the process of life. Yes. Birth, living, dying. So as a doctor, you have to realize it that when that time comes, sometimes there's just not much you can do. Yeah. And looking at medical conditions, I won't dwell too much on the medical conditions, but there is just medical conditions where you know that uh, the outcome is bad. Yeah. Uh, and do you really want as a family to be left with that kind of a picture of your relative suffering to no end, really, to uh, having to be maybe helped with everything, toileting, uh, being assisted with everything and not capable of doing anything? Do you really want your relative to be in that state? So that's when then this, uh, you call it euthanasia, we like to call it assisted uh, dying. Yeah. Uh, because we, it's more like dealing with the inevitable to say this is the end of life and we have to also make it as comfortable as possible as much as we do with everything else. True. You know, if you've got a headache, we give you panado to make it better. Uh, so even at the end of life, if really we have to do something to help you die peacefully and maybe end the suffering, let's do that. And it's not really a point that should be a complicated issue. You know, I, I, I feel uh, we were talking about this just outside the studio before we stepped in. Um, you pointed out there were three things that, um, <clears throat> well, there's, there's three different variables that can be thrown into the mix. I mean, you've got your legal aspect, you've got your moral aspect. Um, if you can, just, you know, um, basically explain to us those three different categories that have to be considered when you are trying to even bring it into law, pass a law uh, to, in order to assist people with dying basically. Yeah, well uh, and again I think you're touching on a point where people have usually a big difficulty, the issue of ethics. Yes. I mean ethics uh, it's uh, such a wide concept and it's very difficult to find common ground because people have got uh, different uh, cultural backgrounds that come from different religious backgrounds. So it's kind of very difficult to find common ground in terms of ethics. But then that's why we've got law. Uh, because in law, uh, then that's where 
we look at uh, constitutionality first and we look at the democracy to say then those that uh, want to do something they at least have a choice to do it yeah and those that don't want to do it they have a choice not to do it so that's where ethics differ from law because then uh, what dignity sa for instance is pushing for is for assisted dying or assisted suicide uh, to be made law so that then those that want to do it have a choice yeah so in terms of then uh, uh, something being lawful and being ethical is a different uh, uh, kind of uh, two different uh, concepts story because yeah then there are things that can be ethical but maybe unlawful there are things that can be lawful but unethical i mean i made an example of uh, uh if you think of uh, termination of pregnancy it's lawful in this country but for some people maybe it's unethical yeah i mean even in polygamy we talked about it that uh, for some people they think it maybe it's unethical but it's lawful it's lawful so yeah. it gives people choice to say those that uh, can or want to practice that uh, uh, whatever practice it is then they are free to do so those that uh, don't want to do it then they don't have to do it but then you don't want to be prevented by law uh, from doing what maybe you wish to do or what uh, it's your belief or what maybe is going to make your life better so that's where these uh, difficulties come from and people that claim to be ethical tend to sort of dictate for other people i mean our ethics are different we come from different backgrounds maybe i believe in completely different thing, things and uh, i can't then be put down by somebody because of their cultural or religious background to say no you can't do that i mean if you think of the catholic church for instance yeah you know, they are opposed to contraception i mean what nonsense is that yeah so i mean uh, <laughs> I'm opposed to religion in general. So <laughs> any any type of religious uh barrier that is put in front of me I do not even consider at all. It's it's unfortunate though because then it tends to rule so many aspects of our life. True. I mean they impose on us. I mean I also don't want to get uh, involved in the debate of religion. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all besides No, we're going to do that next week, don't worry. Yeah, besides uh, <laughs> God being a a bully and all that, I think he's is also sort of a showstopper once you bring in god into debate it's, you end everything it it seems it seems as if like even with conversations like uh, euthanasia as well as god like god euthanasia abortion that kind of thing people just decide to leave logic behind completely yeah. like um for instance my grandmother um may her soul rest in peace uh, she she had alzheimer's okay and the nature of Alzheimer's, the insidious nature of Alzheimer's left her unable to communicate. She could not walk. She could not, she could barely eat towards the end. She actually stopped eating, you know, and having to watch her go through that was most probably more painful than if we would have had to, you know, step in at some point and just think about it. I mean, when you consider the, the, the nature of Alzheimer's by, by at some point, the person who has the illness does not even recognize the fact that they have that illness. So I, I, I guess I'm, I'm one of those pro-euthanasia people, I guess. Uh, there was a case last year of, uh, we, uh, you know, as we're reading, finding out, trying to gauge this very sensitive subject. Yeah. Uh, Robin uh, Stransom Ford, who suffered from advanced prostate cancer, he ended up here at the high court uh, to appeal to them to say, listen, I would like to, to die now. Uh, make it happen. 
And, you know, the high court in Pretoria was uh, agreed, granted him that dignity. But unfortunately, he died before uh, the ruling. He could hear the ruling. Yeah. Uh, unfortunate, fortunately, either way. Um, but like one of the, uh, those conversations when those things happen where, you know, we never thought before that such things could happen in this country. Because, I mean, you, there are so many barriers to it being legal in South Africa. Yeah. You know, constitutionally speaking, there are so many elements that need to be looked at. But there was one such case where it was seen to be right. And now Desmond Tutu is also, you know, talking about he yeah. would also like to go in the same manner and changing laws to allow, because it's difficult for us as normal people, as civilians, to fight the law. I think we've seen yeah. over the past few months how yep. difficult it is. But when these voices can speak on our behalf and say, listen, people would like to die with a sense of dignity. And comfort and peace, man. Yeah. It's not just about the person that's dying. It's not just about the, the families as well. It's, there's so, there are so many varying factors that go into it. Because I can tell you that I wish, not even my, on my worst enemy, I do not wish them hospital visits. Yeah. Months on months of going to the hospital, I do not wish that on anyone. It is heavy. Guys. It is. It is. It's difficult. Um, there was another example of, uh, I was telling you about him uh, outside the studio, Mr. Mario Ambrosini. Uh, he was uh, a, a member of parliament with the IFP. He, was, he actually pushed to get uh, med medicinal marijuana decriminalized, you know. But I mean, before parliament came to some sort of an understanding, it was done. It was finished. You know, he ended up taking his own life, you know. And... It, I, I just want to know from you, Dr. Tabani, um, what, what are some of the things that, you know, we, you know, medical professionals need to consider before even thinking about euthanasia? Like when you look at a person, uh, a patient in front of you, at what point does it dawn on you that maybe assisting that person to die might be the best option? Okay. Uh, just coming back uh, to what I was saying, he was saying earlier. The issue of uh, euthanasia now being both lawful and unlawful. Uh, unlawful in a sense that uh, from uh, a previous, uh, say before 1994, mm -hmm. that uh, perhaps there was, uh, with the dawn of the new constitution, there was never a case that actually made it to be lawful. So in that sense, it's unlawful because there's never been a case. But now, since 2015, it's sort of lawful. Although it's based on the case law, okay. uh, which is awaiting to go to appeal and go to constitutional courts, and then it can be decided whether it's made law or not law. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, we are sort of in a, a bit of a predicament. As we are hanging in the battles. Yeah. So if I were to be faced with that decision to say, what do you do now? Because it's both lawful and unlawful. It means now it leaves everybody. Uh, in a situation where they have to make an application to court uh, to say they want maybe their life taken. Uh, but just to come back to the question that you had about uh, when do we decide, what currently happens is, uh, I will say we do have some form of euthanasia. Okay. But uh, it's uh, there's different kinds of them. We've got what is called active euthanasia and the passive euthanasia. Okay. So the passive one is where a person is allowed uh, to, maybe is given like sedation or medication to stop pain, which sort of makes them to pass out or be free of pain and all that. 
and allow them to die peacefully. Uh, but there's also debate around that as to does it not also interfere with life for people that think maybe the other one of uh, injecting a lethal drug to end your life to say uh, why is there a difference? Because, I mean, do I really want to prolong your life just putting you on sedation for long rather than give you an injection that ends it? Yeah. So that's becomes, that becomes an active euthanasia, which for most people is a no-go area. I mean, they think we can't interfere with the God's process or with the nature and all that, which is a bit of a problem when we're already playing God with a whole lot with of With a other whole things. lot of other things. Yeah, so, very true. Yeah. I mean, I mean, doctors bring people back to life, exactly. literally. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if with that kind of thinking, there will be no emergency services at the hospital because we'll just let people die because why save their lives? It's God's plan. Yeah, it was, uh, it was just I your mean, time. There will never be obstetrics. The women will not need to see their doctors when they're pregnant because they're trying to make their baby healthy and come on, right. So with that kind of thinking, it will block everything. Yeah. And the other thing that it has exposed with that case of last year is that uh, in our constitution, we've got a right to life, a right to dignity, but we don't talk about the right to dying yes. or the right to, to death. Yeah. So I think then that's a, that's a the point that needs to be discussed if we are to change the law. That uh, I mean, we have to start it from birth to say you've got a right to healthcare services as a child and all that. And even at the end of life, you've got a right to dying. So that's a that's a gap in our constitution uh, that I think we need to engage about. Very true, man. Uh, we are also joined on the line by uh, Kevin Moss. Kevin, how are you doing, brother? Hi, good afternoon, all. How are you doing? Hello. Very good, thank you. Thanks for the call. Pleasure, man. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, in terms of your experience, uh, Kevin, in terms of euthanasia, you were, you were telling me about uh, what, what, what had happened with your brother. Uh, just let us in, into that. Yeah, um, I don't. Firstly, don't like the word euthanasia. I, I, I think it's, it's, it has a stigma associated with it. I, I personally prefer the, the term assisted dying um, with professional uh, practitioner. I, I think that is more, um, more appropriate. Um, but in, in any event, yes, it was my brother. He was a, a young, young man, a neuropediatric psychologist, one of two in South Africa, an academic. Uh, he lectured at UCT and Red Cross Hospital. Um, he dealt with people dying. Actually, his patients uh, were people with terminal illnesses, uh, some of them. Um, and he was diagnosed with a terminal illness um, late 2014, uh, melanoma, which is a skin cancer, uh, one of the most, if not the most aggressive cancers one can one can possibly get. Mm. And um, the oncologist um, said to him, you have between two to eight months to live. Him being a, a, a young, fun uh, professional um, wouldn't have that. He, he immediately said that um, he's not going to rot. He's not going to sit in nappies. Uh, he's not going to endure pain if he can help it. And he would like to, um, when he's ready, uh, just drink a, a cocktail uh, of some sort or, or have a medical professional by his side who is qualified to assist not we're not saying um pulling the trigger per se but assisting uh basically making sure whatever um uh, uv drug or or whatever substance is required for such a procedure that it is actually um effective and will work this was his problem he because there's no law in south africa protecting him and um he has a right as as well as everybody else to make a decision 
And um, he had to to uh, go down uh, dark alleys on the internet, uh, black websites, and uh, find a, a drug in Mexico, believe it or not, in Mexico. Wow. Some uh, crazy drug that um, the underworld are, are talking about for, for people who have terminal illnesses. Um, he then had to import it into South Africa, which he was nervous about. This is somebody who's dying has to worry about this. Yeah. You know, this is quite unjust. Extreme. Of the system. Yeah. Um, so to cut a long story short, it eventually arrived in South Africa. And then he was, he, he didn't know if, if, if it was, um, going to work or not. So he, um, it was actually on carte blanche. He, um, he found a, a scientist to test it for him, you know, um, to, 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 to see if it was, if it was effective or, if it's if he was scared of being a, a landing up as a vegetable, and so forth. So, my question is 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 why do why 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 do government or decision makers they have pets and and I'm damn sure when their pet is old, 15 or 20 years old, and their pet is in pain, what do they do? They send their dog to the vet with dignity mm-hmm. to the vet to mm-hmm. be put down in a dignified safe clean environment by a professional we don't go and put a knife in our dog no, no we don't no we don't why do owners do that i think owners do that because number one they don't want to see their loved beloved pets in pain and secondly they they love their pets so why why should we why should we treat our loved ones any differently why should our loved ones have to jump off a building take some suicide cocktail they know nothing about, unregulated, where a medical practitioner could actually help in this instance, be by the side. We're not to, obviously the patient needs, needs um, uh, to be evaluated that they are sane and they're not depressed yeah. and they're not uh, delusional. Granted, granted. That's assuming they tick all the boxes. They are, they, are, they are now making a conscious decision not to endure pain not to sit in nappies and not to rot uh, or whatever other things that I was going through their poor minds and simply take a drug. But that works. I End hear that. Story. I hear that. Kevin, um, I, I, I don't understand. It, 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 it makes no sense to me either. Um, I, I just wanted to find out, having to watch your, your brother go through this, like how, how much of a toll did it take on your family? The, 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 there was two tolls to take. One is the devastation of losing a loved one. The other was the, 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 the hours before, um, trying to, to ensure that he, um, that, that, that he would, that, that this, 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 this cocktail, this drug, this poison that he imported was not going to have an adverse effect. He was dying anyway. Yeah. But that was devastating. That was the biggest, the biggest, um, the, the biggest injustice in this whole thing. And yes, it, it's 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 terrible. We've I've since since that has happened, I've had. Uh, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not exaggerating. I've had fifty or sixty terminally ill patients email me because they they want help. And there is a a, um, a non-profit organization called Dignity SA that specifically try and help people who are terminally ill. And I refer them to Dignity SA, which is uh, which my brother was part of. In fact, my brother was applicant number one in the High Court of South Africa. He was in the middle of applying for the law to to have his life um, uh, 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 to, to take his own life per se. 
and he died two days before the court hearing, unfortunately. Ah, that is terrible to hear. You know what, uh, Kevin, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Um, I can imagine this is not something easy to talk about, uh, but thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks. Right, uh, bye for now. Bye. That was uh, Kevin Moss, and uh, he was just, you know, letting us know some of the things that they, he, he and his brother had to endure. Um, we've also got a couple of uh, voice notes from people that don't, you know, people that are just like us, that, that um, maybe have been faced with similar issues or, or uh, have to think about these things. And uh, th- this is what they had to say. Hey guys, I just want to share my thoughts on euthanasia with you. If you had asked me prior to 19 May 2016 if I believed in euthanasia, I would have probably said I don't believe in it. However, on the 20th of May 2016, after three days in hospital, my mother went into a coma. What followed was almost six weeks of seeing her in intense pain. Given the choice, having seen her suffering, knowing the medical information that I had, that her coma was irreversible, I would have made the medical decision to end her life humanely. There is nothing as distressing as seeing your parent or any of your loved ones in the pain that I saw my mother in. In the future, to my kids, I would say, if this option ever becomes available in South Africa, and if I'm in that situation, please consider taking the option of euthanasia. Thank you. Uh, Who was that? Who was that? Uh, I'd rather not disclose. Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll keep them uh, anonymous. There are countries where it's permitted. Uh, the Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, mm-hmm. uh, all permit uh, assisted suicide. Uh, not suicide. Assisted death. Yes. Good death. That's what euthanasia means. Oh, you see, we can, we've been reading, eh? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Uh, it's also permitted in Switzerland, Colombia, and various other uh, parts of the world. And it's very. it seems to be very well regulated. If you look at some of the figures that are coming out of those countries and the processes that have to be followed uh, for practitioners, for parents, for uh, the patients themselves, it's very, very, it's, it's intense. It's not just, you don't wake up and say, okay, yeah, let's yeah, do no. it. Yeah. Uh, there are procedures that you have to follow. So uh, we're not saying, I, I feel as though the tone right now feels as though we are directing people towards saying, do it. But I hope that's not the tone that's being picked up globally. Yeah, I hope so too. I hope so too. Uh, Dr. Tabani, uh, to, to come back to you. I think we, we left you for a second. You are still in the building. Uh, thank you for joining us again. Um, like when we were talking to Kevin, um, the points that he, he was making seemed extremely valid. Um, what is the medical community as, as doctors, as people who are there, uh, to to make sure that we you know we have good lives to ensure that from birth up until the point that we pass on you guys are there to to ensure that we have our good a uh, good life and we are healthy and all of this stuff what are you guys doing in in 
in at least shedding some light on uh, assisted uh, assisted death? Uh, nothing. And uh, that is painful to and, hear. And uh, yeah. again, that uh, something that uh, needs to be challenged. Our own health professions council of this country. Yes. Our own medical association is opposed to assisted dying. That makes no sense to me at all. Is, so, is there a reason why? Well, uh, even uh, like the, our Minister of Health, their points they are raising is that uh, uh, it will open can of worms for people to abuse the system and that uh, people will now, maybe it will be, it will increase insurance claims. People want to kill others so that they can benefit from insurance payouts, which is, I think, is just ridiculous. Because when then, like you were saying earlier, that if it's made law, then there's regulations around the law that, yeah. uh, that govern that to say this is the process. I mean, in the countries that he mentioned, there's a strict process where it says you must meet this criteria, uh, like uh, Kevin was talking about earlier, that uh, you must not be depressed because we know that people who are depressed, they tend to be suicidal. Yeah. And there must be medical facts that uh, support that. So I think our uh, medical association, first of all, is the most confused. Uh, I don't know what uh, guides them in terms of what is their uh, belief system, uh, what is the, guiding their ethics. But whatever it is, it's quite outdated. And uh, I think they need to come to the table and think, really, what is the whole purpose of being a doctor? And and not decide to say we're going to pick and choose where we are of assistance and where we're not of assistance. And, I mean, if you think of uh, termination of pregnancy, for instance, there are doctors that are opposed to it. But because it's law, those that uh, are like us who don't care about uh, doing it, then we have to, we can do it. But if you've got your own uh, regulator and you've got your own association saying they're opposed to it, that's quite disappointing. It, it, it's, it's saddening, actually, uh, because with, with all the information at their hands, it, it would seem that the most logical thing to do would be to come up with protocols and come up with yes. laws that, that would make such things as abuse and all of this stuff fall by the wayside. Um, I, I found out something a little bit scary as well. I mean, you've, you've got, uh, there've been cases whereby you've got phys physicians and doctors and all of this stuff that uh, are looking after ex maybe extended family members or someone in relation to them. And they quote themselves under the term pain management, but in actuality, what they're doing is assisting their, their loved ones to, to, to pass on. Isn't there more potential for abuse in those kind of cases where it's unregulated? Exactly. That's what uh, we are saying then to say uh, the government needs to decide and they can't choose for us. For instance, they always put an argument about palliative care. So what you explaining is similar to what is called palliative care, where when we know that there's no uh, way back for you, then we just try and give you a lot of painkillers today to uh, make sure that you're not in pain, but not really end your life. So that's what is uh, palliative care, which government uh, claims that we should maybe just uh, take that as the only option. Whereas if you expand these options, then that's where a viable democracy is, is important to say we are a country that uh, is governed by law and it's better if we make it law so that people don't go behind 
and have those backstreet things that uh, they have to do just to end their lives. Because then it's very difficult to know whether was it even uh, not abused in that uh, in that scenario. So I think it's better when it's brought into law. Then you know that if there's an application, or uh, then it's open. And if there's any, if you think one of the family members maybe stand to benefit from you dying, then that can be evaluated to say, mm. is there no uh, Funny other business. Al- yes, al- ulterior motives as to why you want this person dead? Yeah, you know. But then another thing is the w- uh, living will to say when you're still well, you can also, if you know that it's law, then you can draw your will to say. Should I reach a, a stage where my life is ending, or maybe there's a, I'm being diagnosed with a terminal illness? These are my choices that I, I'll want my family uh, to 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 take with the doctors and all that. So I think when it's made law, then it makes options even for people that are well, and not only for people that are just dying. Because sometimes we th- tend to think about maybe only a person that was ill and dying, but these are choices actually that you can make. When you're still well and competent to say, yeah. this is what I wish for my life. Yeah. You know, because others, they claim that uh, perhaps when you are sick in bed and dying, maybe you are sort of uh, coerced to. Because, you're because of your and, situation. Exactly. Yes, yes. So, but then we're saying that uh, give me an option when I'm still well to say, this is what I want when I get to that stage. Yeah. Then I'm not conflicted. Yeah. I mean, I, there's, 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 um, I believe there's a, there's a document that you can sign that DNR do not resuscitate kind of thing. I mean, you, you can, you can actually choose to tell people, look, if I, if, if, if I pass out or whatever, leave me alone. And I mean, that eventually leads to death. There, there's some patients that refuse to, you know, eat food and that kind of thing, which ultimately leads to death. So I, I, it's, it's, it's such a toss up, man. It's so difficult to understand. Yes. And I mean, you're talking about uh, do not resuscitate. Uh, some ch- patients choose that for themselves, but even doctors decide, actually. So we're already doing it to to, think <laughs> to a certain extent. Yes, because uh, if uh, you are uh, a 95 or 100 year old in the ward and uh, we know that it's the end of your life, and if you get a heart attack there, it's a waste of time to try and resuscitate you. Yeah. So, so doctors, you can be alive for like two weeks. Exactly. Then, yeah. yeah. So doctors are already doing it, but they just don't want to do it uh, under this umbrella of uh, assisted dying. They just uh, they just want to make it like it was a spontaneous thing. So <sighs> that's why it is a problem for me. I can understand that. Um, we're going to jump into another one of these voice notes you were saying. In some of the countries that I was mentioning, uh, it being legal and the regulations that are in place in the Netherlands, right? Uh, the doctor must report the case to the coroner who passes it to a regional committee. And if the committee finds that the doctor did not follow legal requirements, uh, the case is then referred to prosecution service and to the body that regulates doctors. Yeah. So it's like... It's step by step. Step by step. There's an actual protocol. Ah, all right. Tunisia, for a family member, uh, being that I would also be helping the person out because the person will be in... uh, in pain and I cannot do anything about the pain. Nobody can. The hospital's uh, job is to keep you alive no matter what. So for you to just lie on the bed lifeless and, and just making people around you suffer, I would uh, I would I would I would I would strongly recommend it. 
so that you can just sleep peacefully and and everybody can can rest and and and, and find peace in in you being in you being laid to rest all righty man just like that i i i don't think there's anything he said that i would disagree with um lundi you you have been quiet for a while you have been very yeah, quiet but I uh I, I can understand. You, you'll understand why she's been quiet for a while. She's about to hit us with some, <laughs> some, some deep she's stuff. She's about to take out the hot sauce from her bag. Right, man? Swag. Swag. Why? Swag. Why do you Swag. put it that way, though? <laughs> what is so saucy about today's topic, though? Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's emotional. I can tell you that much. It is. It's it extremely is. emotional. Um, before I get into that, I, I wanted to ask a question. Uh, does this whole thing of euthanasia does it not contradict the the Hippocratic oath? Well, uh, look at that smile, right? <laughs> I'm smiling because that Hippocratic oath is first of all outdated. Yeah. Okay. And even myself, when I qualified as a doctor, I did not take that oath. I, I believe the first so, line is "Do no harm." Yeah. Well, uh, again, the "Do no harm." Uh, it's it's a broad term. Yeah. And there's already what we call modified Hippocratic Oath. Okay. I mean, in that Hippocratic Oath, for instance, all they talk about, blah, blah, respect to teachers and all that. And there, for instance, uh, abortion is prohibited in okay. that uh, Hippocratic Oath, like the ancient one. There's a modified one, which is more progressive. But again, I mean, these are just... Uh, Decisions that are taken by people who are sitting somewhere aboard and decide this is a list of things that we think are prohibited. But I think we need to engage on these issues. I mean, uh, uh, we can't be detected by a list of things to say, as a doctor, this is how you should practice. Which is unfortunate because obviously we've got a council that regulates that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think we need to be progressive and, and see the bigger picture. So the Hippocratic Oath is outdated. Uh, I mean, we talked earlier that uh, a lot of other things we're doing may may not be in line with the Hippocratic Oath. So for to use it as a source of reference for any doctor, I, I, I will doubt if there's any doctor who uses that Hippocratic Oath, I'll think they are also ancient. Uh, I, I wouldn't go to them myself if I was sick. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Uh, I have five, uh, 10, actually, 10 facts, uh, uh, 10 things that you need to know about euthanasia. One of them being, um, it is actually legal. Out of, out of 196 countries in the world, only nine countries have legalized euthanasia and assisted death. That is the first, uh, Fact. And the second one is euthanasia can be categorized into five types. Voluntary euthanasia, involuntary euthanasia, active euthanasia, passive euthanasia, and involuntary euthanasia. I don't know what happened there. Um, <laughs> the other one is euthanasia is mostly administered by giving lethal doses of painkillers or other drugs. But the uses of, sta- of, of, of starvation plastic bag to suffocate uh, Carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, and Dr. Phillips, I do not know how to pronounce this surname. To, okay, let's rather move to the, to the next one. Um, this thing is doing its own thing now. What thing is this? Your, your, your laptop. <laughs> My laptop is your doing laptop things. Pizza. <laughs> it's doing things. 
Okay, but just maybe to catch on uh, what you were describing, uh, obviously the countries you're looking at, uh, these are countries that are known to be progressive in the world. Uh, these are countries that have got uh, less crime. Uh, the quality of life is uh, it's high. Uh, so there's a lot of other countries that are not progressive. I mean, if you look at uh, African entirety, there's a whole lot of progress that needs to happen. Yeah. Even America is held back by religion. Uh, and there's some states that uh, are for euthanasia. Others are not for it. Mm. Uh, so Europe, Europe as a, a, as a whole, it seems to be taking this progressive uh, stance. And in terms of uh, the the types that uh, she described, this is just mainly what I was referring to earlier. That uh, it depends whether you are part of it. In terms of you are chosen as a as a patient to say, please do this for me. But then sometimes you find that you are not in a state to choose for yourself. Yeah. Then the family has to decide. To say, well, now unplug the machines or give the drug and all that. So that's where the involuntary and involuntary come in. And the passive and the active, uh, the passive is what, is what you already are practicing to say, give you yeah. do- or like uh, high doses of painkillers and make mm. you to be comfortable. Then the active will be when you really give a drug to end the life there and there. So those are just the types. Yeah, but I mean, we we have to follow suit into those countries. Again, uh, it doesn't mean that uh, now if it's made law, everybody's going to be queuing and wanting to be killed. killed. And all that. No, I don't think that does not make sense. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, these are extreme cases where really people are suffering. And I mean, if we as doctors we are saying we try to keep your dignity intact, and I mean, we don't want to be left with the memory of uh, your father, your mother dying, and you know, in a bad state. I just, mean, when you know it's just suffering. So, for me, I mean, I'll come in at any time and assist that person. It it seems as if it's 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 so strange. Like I, Kevin mentioned it earlier on that you know we put dogs to sleep to put their needless suffering to an end. You know, it's so. I don't understand how well, it can uh, make sense that dogs. we. Dogs don't have a culture and they don't have religion. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I, understandably. But at the end of the day, we're talking about life and death here. The concept that we're talking about is life and death. What you do within that life. I mean, when you consider the way someone lives their life and how they dies, those two things are so separate. Like, they've been individuals that are the sweetest people on earth. I mean, that will give their lives to help out other people, but they die in violent and painful ways the way you live and how you die should not it they, those two things should not come together at all maybe I'm, 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 it's just me maybe but there are people in canada and in the states having a fit over this one uh, i'll leave you with this thought there is a canadian tv series about a doctor who leads a secret life as a euthanist it's been picked up by an american cable network so it'll trickle down to sa eventually at some point so the plot oh we'll find it on the internet oh all that so the plot is uh, it's a single mother uh, by the name of Mary Harris. She's an ER doctor by day. By night, she and her partner, a former plastic surgeon, moonlight as underground angels of death who help terminally ill patients slip away. So there you go. Look out for that one. It's called uh, Mary Kills. All right, man. <laughs> uh, looking at the time, uh, we have to get out of here, man. Uh, Dr. Tabani, thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, you've opened up our eyes to so many things. I don't know about these guys, but I, I'm... I'm forever changed. Coolest fucking doctor 
Ever, right? Craziest people in studio. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, just like that, we out of here, man. It's done. Like, uh, I, I hope those that catch the podcast, you, you know, you view this in a completely different way. Um, I tried to be as unbiased as I possibly could, but clearly I couldn't keep my emotions in check. But, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Catch you guys next week. Cliffcentral.com.